Good. Let's get to work. Me and Nelson will build the treehouse. Martin, draw a plan for a coconut radio, and if possible, a coconut Nintendo system. Welcome to Two Bad Neighbors. We're going to live like kings. Damn hell-ass kings. That's right. Welcome to Two Bad Neighbors, your encyclopedic compendium of all things Simpsons, seasons 1 through 10. My name is Greg. My name is Alan. And we're going on a journey today. <laughs> we're going we're, we're, we're going to uh, an unknown island mm. off the coast of Springfield. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> apparently. Because <laughs> in this episode today, Springfield has a, has a bridge that apparently goes over Into an ocean. the ocean, yep. And, and there's uh, an island. And there's an island right there. With with a single boar. A single boar. There's definitely more than one boar on that <laughs> island. Um, and uh, yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, but uh, first things first. Uh, hey, what's up? <laughs> hey, what's up? <laughs> yeah. Is that the new segment? Yeah. <laughs> no more how have you been? It's, how have you been? Hey, what's up? I think how have you been is just like, is, uh, the answer is as good as I can be. Sure. <laughs> I think that's like the, <laughs> the flat, standard response yeah, from the, now on. The flat answer is, "How have you been?" I, as you good know, as I can be. I'm, I'm alive. Yeah, that's true. So, hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? I, you know, enjoying uh, the summer, kind of. Yeah, we watched the best we can. Uh, we, we watched, watched the Flames game last night. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Who are you waving at? That was Allie. Oh, Allie's <laughs> she in... poked her head into the window and oh. then left as soon as I waved. So oh. I looked crazy. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> or I just saw a ghost. I don't know. One of the two, right, um, right, right. Yeah, we watched hockey last night in this uh, very yard. Yes, in this very yard. We are in outdoors, outdoor boathouse studios today. That's right. Yeah. Ah, uh, there's a there's something for that boat. Outhouse studios. Outhouse. Out studio. <laughs> <laughs> two story outhouse studios. <laughs> two story outhouse studios. Uh, thanks to all of our uh, listeners who have. Uh, uh, emailed us in pictures of uh, outside of two story and three story outhouses. In, yes, we appreciate in, all of the outhouse uh, pictures. Yeah, it's. Uh, Thank you also for making keeping them as uh, just the outside of the outhouse. Yes. Not, yeah. Please yeah. don't take pictures of inside of outhouses. Don't show the monster. <laughs> Please. That's that's half the humor. <laughs> half the humor is not knowing. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know. Life's fine. Good. I'm glad. Yep. <laughs> it's as best as I can muster. Yeah, Flames are up 2-1 in the series as of this recording. Um, we're dropping another episode on Patreon today. Yeah, you're getting double dose today if yeah. you're a subscriber. Yeah, you can uh, get our Dungeons & Dragons commentary. It comes out... The film. Yeah, the, the film. Not, the we 2000 don't. film yeah. starring Jer- Jeremy Irons, Jeremy Irons. Thora Birch... Marlon Wayans, Marlon Wayans, and the rest. And the rest. You did. You did some research on this. There are like a lot of TV actors. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. an all-star cast. Very much. <laughs> very yeah. much so. Yeah. And that voice you're hearing right now is, of course, Thora uh, Birch. Thora Birch. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. For Thank coming. you for having me today. Uh, let's talk about uh, the what uh, what's on everyone's mind. American Beauty. Um, <laughs> Does it hold up? No. <laughs> Does All it? right. <laughs> it was a really important project for me at the time. Sure, of course, of course. Um, and I, I am proud of the work I did then. 
And you should be. Yes. I, I think the performance holds up. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. What best picture do you guys think is going to have the worst legacy? First off, Hi, Emma. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I was sure how long we were going to do this. Yeah, I did. Because <laughs> this is a great, uh, because I really like this question, okay. and I want Emma to actually have. I was yeah, also racking my brain to be like, what do I know about Thora Birch? <laughs> Literally nothing. <laughs> um, I say this in the commentary, Dragons. but she rec- she films Ghost World like just after Dungeons & Dragons, and she looks like a child in Dungeons and Dragons and like an adult in Ghost World. It's so bizarre to me. But anyway. Yeah. Um Emma Sinclair, our guest. Hi. Returning for the fourth time? Third. Definitely fourth. third. Definitely third. But I can't remember. If, if I think it's I, four. I okay. think it's four too. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it's four. So because last time was of course for You Only Move Twice. Our that longest yes. episode. Season eight. Yes. Well such season a eight episode one. Damn good episode. And I know we've had you on for Lisa's Pony as well, I yeah. believe. And there's probably another one, but I'll be honest, most of the past five years are all mishmashed together. <laughs> yeah. When it comes to this podcast. Yeah, that is totally so, fair. It's yeah. very difficult. But to not in your life, right, Alan? You can remember oh, stuff yes. that happened in the last five years. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. Uh no comment. Um no, yeah. I mean you know what's weird is like life is uh, uh you, you like you have like landmarks in life, you know. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, milestones. Milestones, sure. That's a better word for it. <laughs> um, and you associate certain things with with other things. So like, I, I I associate a lot of my life with movies. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm sure is no surprise. So you know, if I'm trying to remember, for example, I was thinking of this the other day. I'm like, when did Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation come out? Right. And I think well. I was in Edmonton doing the Fringe. That's right. When we went to see it, that was 2015. Uh huh. So, so it came out 2015. Must have been 2015. That checks. So out. it's like yeah, like this weird like. So sometimes I'll so I'll think of the, when the movie came out first, and I'll be like, okay, it was this year because I know that's when the movie came out. And sometimes it's a flip, like with that movie, where I'm yeah. like, well, I was in Edmonton for the Fringe, which was 2015. That's a more memorable thing in my life than, you know, a lot of other things. So that's an easy one. Yeah, I think that's an easy one because we did a podcast on it. We did. In a hotel room. Yeah. With James? That's a great question. <laughs> um, let us know, James. <laughs> <laughs> That's when we were just starting TBN. Yeah, yeah, because we, uh, we did a podcast with Camille. We did the finale of season two. Yeah. With Camille. Yeah. Uh, three Men in a Comic Book. Yeah. And Marge Paints Ringo Star. What's that episode? Brush of Greatness. Brush, of, brush with Greatness. Sure. Want the right qualifier? I know. Okay. <laughs> we are an encyclopedic compendium of all things Simpsons, seasons one through ten. That's right. Um, but uh, yeah, that was so. We were still, we were still like little noobs. We were still doing Cinepals, and we were doing it on my phone. Yeah, yeah. We were recording everything on my phone, so I was like, oh, everywhere I go is a is a studio, and now it is too because I can just put my studio in a suitcase. That's true. So, not even a suitcase. It's a tiny little box. <laughs> I put that box but in another box. What is a box. suitcase if not a tiny little? I box. mail that box to myself. And when it <laughs> arrives, I'll smash it with a hammer. <laughs> ah, ah, great movie. I just rewatched it. You were going to ask a question though. Yes, way off. Well, topic. I did already ask it. What was it? It was which, like, what best picture do you think will hold up the the least? Because I feel like I can think of three examples 
just off the top of my head that don't hold up or will not hold up and will be regarded as like a bad choice for best picture. <laughs> Are Green we Book. Green Book is the recent one, <laughs> yes. yes. Crash. Crash is the other one, and American Beauty. American Beauty, yeah. Yeah, those are the three in my mind that are like the the ones that either already or a couple years from now, people are like, man, yeah, that was a, that was a bad choice to make that best picture. I think Birdman is in that camp. Yeah. I, I, think, I think as the years go by, it's going to get closer and closer to that. I mean, I, I never liked Birdman, so like I already think it's a bad best picture. But I, I feel like it's, if anything, it's just like, it's it's more in the in the realm of like I don't know like a spotlight or a like where there's I like, feel like yeah one you won't remember yeah it's just like right eh. it's a Slumdog Millionaire <laughs> sure. where everyone's like oh okay. oh that, yeah, movie, that movie right yeah. okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> whereas like something like Crash or American Beauty you, you watch it now and you're like oh <laughs> like these are saying some bad things about the world and society and and like really self important about it too yeah um, yeah. Yeah, at least like American Beauty is <laughs> like unashamed about how it's like a fucking sad old white man. You know, it's not like trying to be like and and that's the most important Who wants thing. to do a teenager? Well, no, but I'm just saying like that like that uh, as opposed to like Green Book or Crash which are trying to be like we're important movies, right. you know. American Beauty, I I don't like American Beauty, but at least it's it's like exactly what it set out to be. If that makes sense. That's true. It revels in what it's about. And how it's like, oh, it's so sad to be a, an old white man in s- the suburbs. Yeah. What, it, a, what a hard life he leads. It has a sense of humor about yeah. about a lot of what it's doing, at least, I guess. And it looks good. I mean... The but movie still looks good. Like it, Annette Benning's great. And She's the Kevin a, Spacey character, though, is still, like, your protagonist. The guy yeah. you're supposed to, like, get behind. Yeah. Which is, yeah, you know, not great. No, I wonder that though. Even when I was watching it in 1999, I was like, "This guy's a piece of shit." <laughs> like, the you movie know? really like the, but the but the movie really likes him. The movie likes him a lot. Well, he the really movie, likes him. The movie hates Annette Benning. I don't know. And the movie wants you to not like her, even though she's. If the movie takes a different, if, if the. I, I think the I think she's really great in the film, but I don't think the writing or the film likes her character they, at all. They portray her as a cheating shrew. She's a villain. Yeah. She's portrayed as a villain when she shouldn't be. No. He's just as much of a villain, even more so, than she is. And, like, Thora Birch's, her character, Jane, is, like, probably should be the protagonist. Yeah. In, in the movie. Um, but... We we the, it, the 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 film itself is hampered by the fact that it's told from the perspective of this guy, and we have to, and and the film itself is treating him as as the hero because he sees himself as that he's the hero of his own story. Um, yeah, I, I guess like hero, I wouldn't agree with hero. I agree with protagonist. Uh, I feel like the movie definitely paints him as an anti-hero, which isn't always like. Like you, you look at the fucking golden age of TV and how that became the main thing with like I Breaking Bad. I completely disagree with you. I completely disagree with that you. That he's an I th- anti-hero. I think he's portrayed as a hero. Oh, I don't think so. He's absolutely portrayed as a tragic hero. Watch the movie again. I've seen this movie ten times. It's I. I was so into it. I was so <laughs> into this movie. I will come out for saying yes. 15 years ago, I was into this movie. Five years ago, I was really into this movie. Really? I loved it for a long, 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 long time. And 
it was because I thought he was great. Mm. I thought he was a very funny and interesting character. And when he makes the oh-so-incredibly-difficult choice not to bone his sister's friend, it's considered a really Isn't important... Isn't it his daughter's friend? His daughter's friend, my yeah. bad. Uh, not, it's considered a heroic moment. Because he puts Ooh. the blanket over her. There's Enya playing. It's very, 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 very nice. It's nothing about the movie comes down on him in okay. any way. Maybe I just did. <laughs> and you should. <laughs> when I was you should. It. You should. So, you absolutely yeah, I can, should. I can see what you mean. How the the movie is is celebrating it's his actions. Completely on I, his side. I just even when even in '99 when I was a fucking fourteen year old, I I was like. I don't like this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I loved kind of him. Jerk. I loved yeah. him, and that's how I know. Sure, that's how I know. I was more into fucking Wes Bentley's character, which tells you a lot about how that really my, tells my fourteen-year-old yeah. tells, <laughs> tells me a lot <laughs> like, about yeah. you. Uh, He's a filmmaker. Yeah, yeah. that plastic bag, yeah, man. Well, sometimes the world is so beautiful, I can't even stand it. I'm like, yeah, me too. Fucking tell me about that bullshit. bird on a wire. There, <laughs> film that. It's a plastic bag. <laughs> Die. It's about chaos, Greg. Right. See that 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 that's that's, that's chaos. That's chaos theory. And uh rec on going on record, um I did I did rewatch it um when the whole American Beauty the whole Kevin Spacey thing mm. came about. Mm -hmm. No, I didn't. No, it was before that. Okay. Um and I was like turning around on it. Mm. But I still stand up for the fact that it is a beautifully shot film. I mean it's yeah. Very, it's a bunch of very pretty pictures of suburbia. It's uh, it's is it Mende's first film? It's his first film, yeah, and it's it probably is it's detrimental to his career, yeah, how successful it is. He doesn't really do much though, it, it, he hasn't he hasn't directed too many, eh? He did James Bonds, he did two of them, <laughs> that's right, he did two James Bonds, one of the best and one of the James worst. Bonds. Did he do Spectre as well? He did, oh, fuck. yeah. I'm sure he got a huge paycheck for that. I was really confused for a second. I was like, I've never seen Gems Bond. <laughs> <laughs> what is Gems Bond? Gem, <laughs> Gems Bonds. Gems Bonds, the prequel to Uncut Gems. That's right. Uh, well, that's a, that's a little slice of movie talk. Yeah, I love it. I miss it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it some more. We're going to go see Tenet. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah going to be fun. And Spongebob. And Spongebob, because you demanded it. <laughs> today? You're doing that today? No, we're no. not going to go see oh. Spongebob today. We're going we're gonna to make, make a schedule, because when it's work, you should schedule it. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Can't just do it on a whim. We're going we're gonna to claim it as a tax write-off. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you do. I will. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've, had, we've had several people email us back about our uh discussions that we had on Sp on spongebob just randomly that came up during our mailbag episode and said we should watch some so we're gonna go see the movie that's great yeah. there's a lot yeah there's a lot of spongebob defenders out there yep which is great i'm into it i want to give it a shot i'll uh yeah i'll, I'll see the movie I at saw, the very least it looks interesting i saw the 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 other movie the one way back with david hasselhoff i mentioned that yeah and that's my biggest exposure to spongebob and his square pants. Well, cool. He lives in a pineapple under the sea, which is where some of this episode takes place. Hey, and there's fruit in this episode. Yes, there is. Okay, we're back on wow. track. <laughs> uh, this is Das Bus.
It is. Uh, before we get started, though, uh-huh. Emma. Hi. <laughs> you were on season eight last, and season eight is one of my favorite seasons. Uh, what's your relationship with season nine? Do you oh. have any, like... <laughs> Do you have any like preconceived uh, notion of it? Do you uh, do you know the seasons the way no, we do, or is it more I just you know the episodes? And, okay. I've seen this episode yep. before. Um, I'm sure I've seen episodes from this season before, but nothing stands out particularly to me. Being like, oh yes, this is season nine. Gotcha. Um, so season nine is uh, a, a change in showrunners. Oh, and for me, it's a very like clear shift in the tone of the show. Uh, I think Greg more or less agrees that, oh, that there is a, a, yeah. a clear yeah. tone shift, at least. But but we just we just come down differently. Where I don't like most of season nine, and Greg likes most of season nine. Oh, interesting. So that's why I was kind of curious okay. before we started talking about this episode if you had any uh, uh, ideas on season nine in general. But uh, otherwise, we can just talk about this episode and see where we all land. Yeah. I'm very curious. Well, this episode is of course called Das Bus. It's the 14th episode of season nine, written by David X. Cohen and directed by Pete Michels, or Mickels. I don't know. Uh, original air date, February 15th, 1998. And it's about a bus crash and a survival story. And an internet company. Boo! <laughs> Get it out of there. And one of my favorite B-plots oh, of all God, time. Oh, God, what is wrong with you? <laughs> It's one of the least. This is one of my least favorite B plots ever I, conceived. I love, and that's this. including ones we've both hated yeah, in the I past. Know, I know, and uh, I still hate all those that we've <laughs> that we've hated in the past. But I love this B plot. I think it's great, uh, mostly because I think everything about this episode rules. <laughs> I think the B plot was wildly uninteresting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, I think the A plot is actually really interesting. As mm-hmm. much as I don't like the episode as a whole, oh, there it is. Uh, the the stuff with the kids on the island is the best part. Yeah. And so, anytime it cuts back to fucking Homer uh-huh. and his stupid internet company, I'm like, no, get out of here. But what's and going like, on with but Homer? also, how long are these kids supposed to be away? Why is no one <laughs> yeah, questioning <laughs> these kids? This child disappearance no one is like oh yeah my kid was gonna call me when mm-hmm. they got to the model you like <laughs> this bus just yeah. falls off where were they thing, and again? the parents don't even notice <laughs> do you remember like do they spe- specify where they're heading they're out going out of town right yeah yeah do, do you remember like do they say a specific city or i anything? can't remember okay i didn't think they did but i can't remember either um yeah, that's a great point. Like, <laughs> fucking like parents are just like, whatever. Yeah, there was never a point being like, I hope Lisa and Bart are having fun <laughs> at the Model UN. Like, there's no mention of their yeah. kids We don't even have like, as soon as they leave. <laughs> in the uh, uh, Sideshow Bob and Cecil episode, yeah. uh, one of my favorite parts is near the end when Homer's like, Marge, I'm going to go look for the kids. <laughs> and then, like, the flood happens or whatever, and like he's like, ah, um... But I just love that because it, like, it, again, like even in that moment where I'm assuming they're gone for a, maybe a day in that episode, it's like, yeah, let's recognize that the parents would be like, hey, our kids are missing. Let's let's figure it out. In this episode, no, he's just making an internet company. <laughs> he doesn't give a shit for days, presumably. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> we definitely see an overnight and a next yes. day. So it's at least so, two days. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, there it is. But plus, coupled with, again, the fact that theoretically this trip they were going on was probably just a day trip. I don't think they packed for, to sleep over. Yeah, no, the 
they, they don't have, so at the very have least, any bags on yeah. the bus. They've got just a, a cooler full of snacks. It's just a cooler full of snacks, which is like a day trip, yeah. you know, out and back type yep. thing. And uh, they, they, they're gone for a long time, <laughs> and nobody cares. Except apparently Mo, who finds them. <laughs> Mo cares. <laughs> well, and that's inferring a lot. Like, the, 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 the fucking dumb joke of, like, let's say Mo is not even saying that he cares. It's just that he happened to be the one who saved them. He could have just been like on a fucking sailboat or something like, hey. He stumbles across them. Yeah, like, aren't you the kids of my favorite customer? On a completely different episode. Hmm? On a, he's in a completely different oh, yeah. adventure. Yeah. You know, like a, like Dumbbell Indemnity or something. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> you guys liked this episode? <laughs> I thought it was fine. All right. Yeah. There were some funny lines, and the Lord of the Flies, Kids on an Island, is interesting. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's silly. And the Homer stuff I could do without. Yep, I agree. It's not a bad episode, mm-hmm. but it's, it's again, same with Realty Bites for me. The B-plot just kind of, like, sours it in my mouth. And I would have... And, and it's it's one of those things, too, where I feel like I've said this before. I feel like the writers just don't trust themselves anymore, and they don't trust that they can make an interesting story on the island fill the whole twenty minutes. Yeah, and I think they can, like, because that stuff's again the most interesting and the most like, especially the Lord of Flies parody. Parody. They could have gone way further with that, I think. Um, and and the, it's not the first time that they've done it. Lord of the Flies parody. Yeah. When when else did they do it? Uh, Camp Krusty becomes oh, a Lord yeah. of the Flies yeah, that's situation. Similar. Yeah. And I mean, they even use the like conch shell trope, yep. but yep. don't actually follow through with it at all. Mm-hmm. Just um, Bart just blows it a Bart couple of times. Blows and... it a couple of times, and that's it. And then James Earl Jones says, in 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 the narration, he basically describes what the plot of Lord of the Flies is. That, and he says it happens after the action of the episode where he's like, and eventually the children learn to function as a society. Yeah. That's the conch shell. Yeah. That's yeah. the whole thing. And eventually they're rescued by, let's say, Mo. He just describes the Lord of the Flies plot um, because well, the, the kids it, are eventually rescued yeah, in yeah. Lord of the Flies. Well, and the Lord of the Flies plot is is like, obviously they crash. They, they, they crash pre-action. Yeah. They, they wash ashore and they're, and they're like, what do we do? And it's more of a survival thing at first, but then it's build the society, conch shell. Um, all that kind of thing. And then it's the fall of the society when there's the two factions that's kind of split up and decide, like, I want to do things this way. I want to do things this way. Yeah. And then it's uh, the whole uh, kill the nerds, beat their butts yeah. uh, segment. So they go out of order, arguably. Beat their butts. That's funny. <laughs> it's really <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. It's pretty funny. It's, beat their butts. It's, it's funny. funny. <laughs> bash um, their butts. Bash their butts, sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's make sure it's the correct Kill wordage. the dorks. Bash their butts. Eat their brains. <laughs> no, run away, yeah. run away. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I'm yeah, sorry. I think that uh, I I I always forget the internet plot exists in the canon of The Simpsons until it's I watch this episode, and I'm like, oh what yeah, I look forward to. What in do you this like episode. so much about it, Greg? I love that Homer just doesn't know what the internet is and i think it's i think it's the only time that the simpsons have actually used the internet as part of a plot device that has made sense 
in the context of the Simpsons characters. Because I've always felt that whenever the Simpsons have a computer in their house, it feels weird. It feels off. Hmm. Um, because it doesn't make any sense to me that Homer would understand it or anything like that. Marge doesn't really have a use for it. Bart seems like such an analog kid. And Lisa is the only one who would really know what to do with it. Uh, so whenever I see Homer in later seasons using a computer, I'm like, that's that's wrong. He shouldn't really get how to use that. Um, and so this is the only one that makes sense with him interacting with he doesn't technology he doesn't interact and with technology he doesn't and he doesn't do it <laughs> at all except for the fact that he does manage somehow to buy an internet banner pop-up ad uh-huh. uh and send it around and get the attention of bill gates which is also one of my favorite jokes of the episode is that bill gates is here and he says buy them out boys and he has hired goons that are dorks it's funny it's very funny to me i just i think it's i think it's hilarious it's so thin greg it's, it's such a thin it's garbage so, plot it's so thin it's he doesn't like 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 describe that plot it's homer learns flanders has an internet company yeah homer wants to start an internet company he does he well <laughs> arguably he he uh, at least begins the process Bill Gates comes and trashes his house. Hyper global compu megaNet. That's all that happens. It's so thin. There's nothing interesting. Compu global hyper megaNet. Sure, that's what it is. Yeah, uh, and it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I like that it takes up uh, maybe ninety seconds of the runtime of the show. Way more than that. Feels like ninety seconds. <laughs> that's and that's the problem. Goes by in a flash. Not. That's the problem. What's the point? I disagree. It, if, if it does not feel like it goes by fast. Yeah. It feels like a slog. It, yeah. Every time it cuts back to it, it's like, it's like, all right, here we go. Uh huh. <laughs> and then nothing happens, and then it goes back to the kids. I'm like, all right, something interesting. Well, let's uh, let's 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 talk about my point for a second. Um, <laughs> which one? When the Simpsons interact with technology, yeah. Well, that's a, so. Because like, this has actually been a problem that I've had with the show going past season nine, right? And that's a problem with the the um, kind of uh, stuck in time universe that they create, right? Yeah. And and um, King Size Homer, I think, is a good example of him interacting with technology. Mm-hmm. I think that's the perfect way to use it, where it's I, an old shitty computer, an and Apple he still too. doesn't. Yeah, he still doesn't really know how to Pushes do it. The tab yeah. button. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Ooh, tab. That's, that's some great. <laughs> That's some great Homer v. Technology, Dawn of Justice uh, jokes. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I guess, like, as soon as they start referencing new trends, new, and, like, this is a problem I, I have as well with, like, later stuff where, like, they get iPods and shit. They call them iPods. Um, it's, like, it's so it's so just disjointed from the world because they're stuck, They're they're all stuck in time. But the world is moving. Seeing Bart hold them. an iPhone is weird. It's so weird. Yeah. It's so weird. It's jarring. But I guess my my thought is if you're gonna go that way with this episode, with him creating an internet company, I think it makes more sense if he interacts with a computer. And if it's but it's like an old shitty because like I had a I had an old computer that connected to the internet. Um, you know, that's exactly what the Simpsons would have in this era. I mean, certainly if he is 
accomplishing something, which we see him do Mm -hmm. by seeing the banner and having the comic book guy come to his house. I feel like because he accomplishes something, I would like to see him accomplishing something. (laughs) Yeah, it's so esoteric that it's just, first of all, it's called Internet King on the banner. Yeah. But he's Compu Global Hyper Meganet. Yeah. It's like the Plow King. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but Plow King was Plow King yeah, the entire only... time. He wasn't like, oh, I'm the, the snow 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 removal monster man, but I call myself the Plow King. Like it's it's so weird that they give two different names. Mm-hmm. It's so weird, Greg. <laughs> it is weird. <laughs> it's it's really weird. And if it was any other episode, I would think it was I would probably 95% chance think it was very bad. Okay. So why is it working this episode? God, I just think it's really funny. <laughs> I don't, I, I can't That really... betrays your your point you just made about how, it, I'm, you said specifically it works in this episode. That's yeah. what I'm wondering. Why Why does it work in the context of a completely separate story okay. of okay. the kids okay. desert, on I, a deserted island? I think island. I've got it. Okay. I think I've got it. I'm not positive, but I think <laughs> I've got it. I think it's because it is so removed okay. from, it does feel like it's in another episode, but uh-huh. also... Das Bus is one of those situations when the kids go onto this deserted island that it feels like something from another world that's happening right now. And it's like they're in some sort of alternate reality. It's like it's it, it feels like it's a different show that I like. <laughs> I'm okay. into this show. I'm into this weird idea of these different adventures. To me, this episode falls into that category of Principal and the Popper, where it's like, what if the Simpsons did a what-if season? Mm-hmm. And this this episode, to me, is like, well, if they just kept doing stuff like this, I would love season 10, 11. I would love all of Mike Scully's stuff if this is what they kept doing. Um because it kind it just works for me. Everything on the island is so absurd and so different from everything that I've seen from The Simpsons before that Homer just doing this thing is kind of like, okay, this is also part of the show, I guess. I don't care. It's funny. Give me it. I <laughs> I like it. Give me it. I like it. Give me it. I just feel like every other time we've discussed A plot versus B sure. plot, we both agree that when they converge in some way is when they're the most interesting. That's absolutely right. And completely removed from each other is when they're the least interesting. You're absolutely right. And so it's bizarre. Exception that proves <laughs> that, the rule right here. No. This, I is, think, this is my what, exception. Here's, here's what I think, Greg. I think we've built up uh-huh. this episode specifically as one of your favorites of the season uh-huh. so much as we've gone through, uh-huh. even see through season eight, that you are refusing... <laughs> To accept that there's some holes in this episode. You think I would do that? I do. I think you've you've been so excited for Das. We this is the one we've talked about the most. Is like yeah. the one you you are like this is one of my favorite episodes of the series, yeah. not even just from season nine. That because I remember even learning as we were going through, I think season eight still. I remember learning. Oh, this is the episode that has that stupid internet subplot. And you learned that with me, uh-huh. like you remembered that with me because we both hadn't seen it in such a long time. And you're like, oh yeah, that's weird. And now we've built it up so much that you're just like, I'm going to find a reason to love this B-plot. And you know what? I didn't, <laughs> but I still do. <laughs> <laughs> 
I didn't listen. Find, I didn't I want find to be a reason on record. other than the fact that I actually do think it's funny. Sure. I want to be on record. As always, I don't want to take away something that you enjoy. Thank you. That's not my goal here. I appreciate that. <laughs> However... <laughs> Oh, oh I do so think are you sure? There's, there's <laughs> You're a, saying no, something I'm and saying, then... I'm saying you, like, it, it's but... great that you still love this episode, <laughs> despite what I think is a huge flaw. Okay. Um, but I think you're being too kind. Sure. Uh, in the spirit of discussion, I think you're being too like. No, it's great. End of end of story. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want that to to, to come off. I okay. just do think that it's that it's quite good, and I appreciate that it's that like. You're using our tried and honestly <laughs> tried and true uh, theory that when B plot comes into even in some way, yeah, uh, even real two bites, yeah, I mentioned that like at least real two bites, the fucking they collide thing, yeah, they comes literally and collide and it, it yeah. makes a sort of sort of better, sort of better. Um, but when they're completely disjointed, that is a fundamental flaw that a lot of episodes do have, and it is. Still a fundamental flaw of this one, but I just find that every time they go back, I laugh. Every time they go back to Homer, I laugh. I find him funny in this. And what is it? Perhaps it's the fact that this has been a favorite episode of mine, a personal favorite episode of mine, since high school. I've loved this episode since I read the book Lord of the Flies and made that connection in my brain. Also... I always thought of the Internet King, the CompuGlobal HyperMagnet uh, subplot as an example of what my dad would be like if he was considerably dumber. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and if you tie all that together into a nice little bowl, into a nice little wrapping paper bag and just put, tie a bow around it, you can just put it on the Christmas tree of nostalgia. Sure. And... Yeah, you can just chalk it, chalk one up to nostalgia on my end, I guess. Yeah, that's um, fair. And it's very, very effective because this was like one of those. It's one of those very first times that, if we want to wind the clocks way back in, um, in high school, I was like, in class when we were reading Lord of the Flies, I was like, "Excuse me, teacher, <laughs> I saw this in an episode of my favorite show." <laughs> The Simpsons. And if you want, I can bring it to you oh because God. I have it on VHS because I recorded it. Aww. And she was like, sure. <laughs> okay. Weirdo. And I brought it to class and we all watched it and had a great time. <laughs> That's great. And that means it's going to, a memory that vivid of something so stupid is going <laughs> to really hold it in your brain. Because. After that, a bunch of my friends who had never seen the show before, we had another thing to talk about. Yeah. And something that made learning about Lord of the Flies a little bit more fun. Because the book can be dry. Especially if you're talking about it in grade 11 or 12 or whatever grade I was in when we talked about it. But just like how you um, remember events related to movies when they came out... Um, I remember the only way I can remember a lot of things that happened to me in grade school is in relation to media that was <laughs> happening and, of course, pre and post 9-11. Sure. Those are the things that remind me of when things happened to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and so that's where I really come in on like this. Yeah, the B plot of the Internet King is not even in like if you're not nostalgic for it, <laughs> it's not even it's not even in the top fifty B plots. <laughs> no. <laughs> But if you happen to be like me and associate it with an uh, with a great day in school yeah. and associate it with uh, what if my dad was like this because <laughs> you see a little bit of your dad in it, you just might like it a little bit more. <laughs> and that's my little unwrapping of <laughs> sure. the Christmas tree of nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's not fair. to say we can't uh, break it down now <laughs> and like take it away from me. <laughs> I mean that's that's the goal. <laughs> sure, of course. <laughs> I don't want to take it away from you. <laughs> Crush the it's, things that you love. It's a nice little thing. That's nice. Yeah, no, yeah. That's, that's yeah. nice to have that nostalgia and that connection to yeah. your but, favorite TV show. Yeah, but outside of that, if we just talk about the island, yeah, because that's where most of the episode takes place, and it clearly is where most of the writers wanted to stay. Um, but they just didn't have the confidence to stay there. If we just stay there for a little bit, I'd love to talk about the the A plot for yeah. a little while. Um, because I think it's one of the more interesting things that the show's tried to do in a long, long time, at least since the beginning of season nine. It's one of the reasons why this episode lands probably number two right now in my, in my season nine breakdown. Um, right behind the city of New York versus Homer Simpson. Oh, yeah. This this episode is number two of the season, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. For me. Um, it's because it's a creative setting. It looks fun, and they do fun things with it. Even getting there, I think, is fun. The the silly model UN. Did you ever join something like that when Absolutely you were in school? No? no. Did they even have I that as an option? I don't think it was a Canada it. thing. I, yeah, I think that's like... I think it's a states thing for I, sure. American thing. Yeah. I don't know anyone who's done a model UN before. No, but it's a, like it's a trope in a lot of uh, American uh, sitcoms and TV shows and like things like that. Like I see it. A, that's what I know about the idea of model UNs is yeah. from TV shows like this, obviously, but also um, uh, Community, Parks and Rec. Um, mm -hmm. There's probably others, but <laughs> those are the ones that jump out right off the top of my head. Um, I. I think it's interesting because this is a, um, it's kind of a mishmash of two previous plots, <laughs> uh, Boy Scouts in the Hood and Camp Krusty. Oh, yeah. You know? Yep. Because um, it's like the getting lost, especially in like a water setting, <laughs> um, and having to survive. But it's also the, like you said, the the kind of society that forms of the kids, which is the Camp Krusty thing. Um, I think both of those episodes did it much better. <laughs> I'll say that right off the top. But... Uh, I, I agree that it's an interesting like concept and interesting pre interesting premise. Uh, I love survival stories, if that makes sense. Like Castaway, um, seeing what people do in those situations with limited resources and that kind of thing, I think is really interesting. And we just watched a movie about we just right, like, yeah. The this is weird. Heart, yeah, it's weird how that lined <laughs> up. We watched a horror movie. Yeah, about a woman on an island. Forced yep. to fight the monster from Shape of Water. Yep. <laughs> goofy, um, goofy looking Shape of Water. Goofy Shark Boy. Shark Boy. <laughs> I thought he was a street shark for a little while. Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Yeah. <laughs> Only Lava Girl didn't show up no. until the post credits. Um, right. It's called Sweetheart, everybody. 
Yeah. It's a pretty good movie. It's a, it's a decent movie. Uh, the director, I think, will do great things. Yes. It's like one of their first movies. It's a so. demo reel. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I like survival stuff. Uh, I, I obviously don't expect it to go into too deep survival stuff in a 20 minutes <laughs> cartoon sitcom. Yeah. But I definitely would have liked more uh, of the... I. Here's the thing. They're, they've got some weird, like, uses of objects. Uh-huh. That I'm like, that doesn't make sense. That's not how that works. Uh-huh. But I kind of liked that they leaned into it. Like the puffer, using the asthma puffer as like a scuba thing. Yeah. Like that makes no sense. But I'm like, all right. <laughs> and using the glasses as like a flint. Like that, rod. that probably yeah. wouldn't happen, but okay. And I kind of wish they did that a lot more. <laughs> like a lot of like just weird uses for their objects that aren't based in reality at all. And then it would have felt a bit more like purposeful, I guess. I, I think it is purposeful in the way that they the two things that they did it uh, are owned by Millhouse. <laughs> sure. Um I, I I do truly yeah. mean this because Millhouse, it, on its surface, is the most useless person in the entire episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean Ralph's pretty useless. True. When they're all drowning in the bus, he's just blowing bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> like his face is under; he's blowing bubbles. But at the same time, he gets himself to shore. Millhouse has to be dragged. Oh, true. Because he's getting swimmers ear, yeah. and Bart has to save him. And then he says, "I'm too tired." Go on without me, but and carry, carry me, me with you. Yeah, <laughs> and then they do. He's he the worst. Across the he's, vine. he's absolutely the worst. And it, says, "Swing it back or toss it back to us." There's no time. There's no time, and he runs away. <laughs> That's very funny. Yeah, that was very funny. <laughs> yeah, Milhouse is great. Milhouse is is excellent in this episode, and I don't think it's a mistake that the that the two things that they use for survival are directly related to Milhouse. Like he is equal uh, equal parts their greatest weakness and greatest strength, <laughs> much like Piggy mm-hmm. in Lord of the Flies. He is, is their Piggy greatest their greatest strength. Yes, I, it's been a long time since I read that book. Piggy so. is absolutely their greatest weakness and yeah. greatest strength at the same time. A, he's got the glasses. B, he's innocent. Sure. He he's. Does he get killed? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. They drop the conch and kill him. Spoilers for Lord of the Flies. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't read make that sh- ages no, old book, that make sure that when you are forming a society, nobody drops the conch and kills Piggy, because when you do, um, you kill your the last remaining vestiges of your innocence, and mm. you all devolve into a warlike society. He represents the ability to. Get along and empathy, yeah, not just for survival's sake. Millhouse is a lot funnier about it. (laughs) Um, But at the same time, the closest thing that we get to forming a society in the episode is the trial, which is directly in relation to what Millhouse has done or what they suspect Millhouse has done. See, much like in Lord of the Flies, every single child in this episode is a metaphor for something. (laughs) Don't mm-hmm. ask me what. No, but <laughs> I was about to. Oh, I was, I was waiting. <laughs> Please go on. Uh, you know, Lisa, Order, Bart, Justice, I guess. Um, uh, well, he is the judge. He is the judge. So. He's literally the judge. Mm-hmm. Um, the Nelson. Uh, Nelson is the descent into savagery or chaos. Or just capital punishment. 
Well, corporal punishment. What's death. the difference? Corporal punishment is uh, inflicting pain. Yeah. Capital punishment is death. Oh um, shit. He tries to. I was. I always put those two together. In my brain. We, well, corporal is a lower rank. Capital is a rank. No. Okay. <laughs> Uh, that's how I re- that's how I remember sure. it anyway. Capital sounds like captain, <laughs> and corporal's a lower rank than that. Uh huh. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh, what about Ralph? Um, Ralph. Does he represent the decline of the Simpsons writers? Uh yeah. I would if we want to go meta with it. I would actually I would actually say yes because he's bad in this. I hate Ralph. He's uh, this is yeah he's not great. This is the and did I think he this do is much? What no did he, he do it's that- it's that his okay, so I feel like his flanderization uh, begins in this episode. Uh, it's yeah. been going for a long time, and it's just it's it begins in this episode with a lot of his lines, and then comes to a full front in this little wiggy, which is a future episode where Barton, uh, Ralph become friends. I don't know if you know that that one off the top. I don't of think it. so. Um, it's one where it ends with like a leprechaun appearing to him and telling him to burn things. Um, oh, yeah. And it's bad, and uh, it's the episode I hate because I think it 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 creates this memeified version of Ralph that is what most people know. Like, and you know, not to be like gatekeeping or anything like that, but a lot of people who know The Simpsons uh, on a on a like more casual level, like they 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 think Ralph is hilarious because of his non sequiturs and his one one liners, Mm. and that's what a lot of people will like quote as like really funny, and I don't think they're funny. I think like well, he used uh, to be. A I love Lisa is like a good use of Ralph. Yeah, where he's, he's just kind of a simple. He's a nice boy, sweet, simple kid yeah. that nobody really likes. Yeah, but then they they really lean into the simple part as as his character progresses, and this episode is the beginning of like I, I think there there have been some key moments in future epi- or previous episodes, but in this one, he's more a part of the gang, and so they they give him more to do throughout the episode, and so it becomes really evident. Um, go banana, blowing the bubbles, uh, eating the purple berries. It tastes right. like burning. Um, it tastes like burning is what does it for me. Yeah. Because like I can honestly forgive, because I think go banana in context is quite funny. Yeah. I, I remember that being very funny to me when I was a yeah. kid. Yeah. Um, the but, but it tastes like burning is like, especially the way that it's, shown it's one of those things that we're like that it's a we're poorly constructed rhythm of the joke it's very weird it's slow yeah. it's slow the the whole rhythm of that entire sequence is slow something something's off about yeah because like it. you'd think it would just be i ate i ate the purple which again i hate the way he says it i ate the purple berries um how do they taste they taste like burning like that's the joke but for some reason it's i ate the purple berries oh and then walk, they all walk 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 Face up. How are they, Ralph? Good. They taste like burning. Like the rhythm is just so bizarre. It's very weird. It's very and weird. And I don't like it. <laughs> and then yeah, the it's just like a precursor to me to this little wiggy, which I think is a very bad episode uh, that really, really f- fully goes full force not with Ralph. This season, right? I believe it's the end of this season, like near the end. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> this makes it really difficult. Um, this is verify. the life you two have chosen. <laughs> <laughs> the life I've chosen is to stand for season nine. <laughs> this little wiki is four episodes away. God damn it. <laughs> okay, that's it, it, we're on the disc. Okay, yeah. great. Like I, I was, I was saying, like 
we we've had some decent episodes the first half. I think the last half is like notably worse. Um, that's no last, more, tempta- no last temptation holdovers. of crust. Uh, this little wiggy, Simpsons High, Trouble with Chillians, uh, Girly Edition, King of the Hill, Lost okay. Star Lisa, Natural Born Kissers. Like, okay, all of those to me are like poor in my mind. I like and most we'll of those. We'll see if I change my mind with cause, like I have with some of the earlier episodes. But I like Natural Born Kissers. I don't. It's sexy. <laughs> Marge and uh, Homer become uh, exhibitionists and have sex in public places. Yeah. Oh. Yep. I have not seen that episode. <laughs> It's hot. It's weird. <laughs> I'm interested to hear the episode. <laughs> um, but back to the a a plot. Yeah. I um, wish there was more Otto. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> yeah. I I I like Otto a lot in this episode. <laughs> He's so funny. Listening to his like bus driver tape. <laughs> Yeah, that's I, another I good this, joke with a weird rhythm. Yeah, I, I mentioned this. I think it's it's a great joke until they show the tape that it's like yeah. songs to enrage the bus driver. I'm like, why would you buy that? Yeah. Like, that's not funny. I I think I think the funny joke is him listening <laughs> to it and then and the kids are all silent. And the kids are all silent. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, like him like oh like all and changing the the or like fast forwarding and it's like another yeah. like shitty bus song and like I'm like yeah that's funny that's I'd, a funny like subversion I think the joke would be funnier though if he fast forwards and it comes up with another bus song and he's like oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he likes it and like he's really into it yeah that's a good rewrite yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the way that they do it is like the it's it's that it's this rhythm thing that that Alan and I have been encountering a lot in season nine where they just they take don't a trust good, their jokes yeah, anymore. They, they, take they go a too far. Good joke, and it's just too long. So it's like 99 bottles of beer on the wall, then B I N G O. Oh, why did I even buy this? And he tosses it out yeah. the window. It's like that last beat is like, mm. it's not necessary. Yeah. And, and it, it ruins the joke for it, me. It honestly keeps going back to me. I think it's the original, uh, the original bar of the Simpsons writers room is set very very high and they had that uh that mantra in the original writers room set up by Sam Simon which was good joke better joke best joke they would always try and top the joke at least 3 times right it was like this was the joke here's the next one rule of 3 always right yeah. and some writers just don't need to do that you know like some writers rooms you don't have to do that especially when it's not your rhythm i think it's it's because that joke doesn't happen or that like structure doesn't happen with every joke no you know and i think that's that's maybe what happens is they start to think that's what they need to do with every joke yeah and they need to like build on it and add something and have a little button and that kind of thing where sometimes just having a guy go pardon me is the funniest thing in the world when that Homer, shows, Homer says, hey, get, did you get a load of the nerd? And this normal person is just like, pardon me. <laughs> like, that's so, like, in, in this era, they would have, like, Homer continue to, like, rag on the nerd yeah. or something. And the guy would be like, oh, I don't want to deal with you. Yeah. Or something like that. Or another one of my favorite jokes that they don't go too far with is uh, when Marge is practicing shooting and she shoots the cans. And then the old angry farmer comes out. And he's like, oh, my cans, my precious antique cans. Oh, look what you've done to them. <laughs> and it cuts. It cuts away. And it's perfect. And like in any other era, they would they would continue where they'd be like, oh, let's get out of here, Marge. And he'd be like, oh, I'll get you. And I'll chase him or something. But it's just him upset that his cans were shot. And it's very funny. 
So I think it's uh, it's just a matter of them being a little too like we need to build on every joke. And it's they don't, again, I don't think they trust some of their jokes. They I don't. Think they need to add on to it. And mm-hmm. it's it's also like efficiency because what we're talking about there is like very tight jokes. Mm-hmm. It's because they have so many more to get to. Yeah. Because the ratio of jokes in the previous seasons, let's say season five, just to be an average, is so there, there's so many jokes on each page that you literally can't let them run long or your show's going to run long. And you can't do that. But this one, apparently, they just don't have as many, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. They're it, just trying to lean too far into some of the jokes, maybe. Maybe they yeah. think a joke is funnier than it is, and yeah. so it's like, oh, let's just let's just roll with this mm-hmm. riff a little bit too long. That's that is kind of what it feels like. We have talked about this. How some of them do feel like an improv riff. Yeah. Where it's like this would be funny if it was an improv riff, like the auto joke. I think if it was like, uh, and it's a, like an improv troupe, and it's like, oh, songs to enrage bus drivers, toss. That works in an improv show. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't work in Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> Much like how like uh, improvisational comedy can work really well in movies, but more often than not, it doesn't. It just feels too long. Yep. Because there's no audience on set or live telling you, this is the button. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've watched a lot of interviews with the Parks and Rec cast and everyone always asks them, like, do you do a lot of improv <laughs> on the show? And they're like... No, <laughs> they let us do a take where we're doing improv, and most of the time, they the stuff they write is funnier. Yeah, go figure. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> the stuff that has been worked on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in exactly. a group <laughs> of writers pitching. Oh, go figure. Go yep. figure. And that's what, like, you know, not to go on too much of a tangent, but I think really contributed to the decline of the big studio comedies oh yeah is the the apatow school of uh just let the camera roll yeah. and let will mm. ferrell do do his shtick for a while and they're like ah oh, that's so funny let's put it all in and then that became the norm for a lot of comedies and it just became and it, to its detriment aggravating to go see a comedy because they were all two and a half hours long yep who's got that time i mean everyone right now. yeah that's true yeah <laughs> <laughs> and yet, no one saw the King of Staten Island. Yeah, I didn't see it. No, me either. Why <laughs> would you? It's two and a half hours long. <laughs> Judd, my m- m- boy. <laughs> Do some cuts. There's good stuff in all of these movies. If it's a if it's a hundred minute movie, I'm sure it's hilarious. But it's an hour longer than that. All yeah, all of his movies always have that weird, like. Uh, between act two and three, like half hour, <laughs> no tempo. That's just like what? What are we doing now? <laughs> yeah, what is happening? Yeah, let's go back to the. Let's have a structure. Anyway, um, auto, auto, auto man, auto man. Yeah. Um, I forgot that he reappears. Yeah. I don't know if it's a syndication cut or not, but his like him floating away. Right. Great. Very funny. And then it's him swimming and uh, getting picked up, getting picked up by the Chinese farmers, um, which I read about. They originally had them speaking Mandarin, and then changed it because I guess uh, Cantonese is more coastal, mm. and that was why they decided if they're like fisher fisher people, mm. fisher fishermen, fisher humans, uh, <laughs> fishers, fishers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
then they'd probably speak Cantonese, so they change it to that. But but it's a weird little little moment. Um, I I don't mind. Like I think it's it's kind of funny where like his reaction. I think I'm gonna like this place. Yeah, it's like we're gonna enslave you. Um, but I also like I didn't remember that happened, and then I was thinking I'm like, yeah, why don't why doesn't Otto rescue them? I don't understand why the story structure isn't clear that Otto finds a way to rescue the kids at the end mm-hmm. instead of this dumb narration by James Earl Jones. Well, I mean, he does leave the bus saying, I'll go get help. Yeah. yeah. Right? And then just Again, entirely... structure-wise, it makes sense if he's the one to yeah. rescue them. And then entirely way. forgets about all these children that he's left drowning in a bus. Yeah. It's very clear to me that most of the problems with this episode lie in the internet subplot well yeah and if you take just that out you have it, enough time if you just make the subplot the b plot auto trying to rescue the kids tr- trying to rescue the kids the the episode is uh dare i say it perfect <laughs> <laughs> is infinitely better yes i agree <laughs> perfect yeah there is no changes other than that none yeah well that's not what they did. Nope, so it's, it's not. not perfect. It's not what they did. The episode's not perfect. No, <laughs> but it's great. I just, I do think it's a it's a great episode. I had a lot of fun watching it with you guys. Yeah, it's oh, yeah. funny. The island stuff is good. It's yeah. fun. It's. I like it. Yeah, I like the island stuff. Again, it's the B plot that that's really a detriment, a, a black spot on this episode. And uh, like you said, I think because that B plot exists, it makes the ending them unable to make a, a concise ending so they throw in a fucking narration as like a dumb lampshade and meta joke but i've said it before like a, a lampshaded joke is usually not funny to me when it's like when when the characters point out how bad the writing is in mm-hmm. the show mm-hmm. because they're like we understand that this is like a, a stupid way to end the episode but like we're gonna make a joke about it i'm like yeah it's not as funny as if you actually end the episode mm-hmm you know, and it's just like point and Family Guy does it all the fucking time. And uh, uh, it's it's a big reason why I fell out of love with that show is because they just kept doing like fell out of love. You were in oh, love I with love that show. Family Guy oh. when it first came out in 99. Are you kidding me? Fucking I was 14 years old. That show was made for me. Yeah, that's true. I, I loved it, too. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It was like when it came back. I was too young to watch it when it first came out. No, I watched it. I, I remember watching it. Uh, premiere. It was Super Bowl night or whatever, and I wa- and I watched because like there was a Simpsons episode and Family Guy was on right after. It was the premiere of Family Guy. Me and my brother in my mom's room watching it on her tiny TV. Like that's a memory burn for me. Watching that episode with my brother and just cackling. It was like the funniest thing either of us had ever seen. That was the first episode that you're talking about. Yeah, the first the very first episode very first episode. So it what was, was it? Uh, it, was the de- what it, it was the it was it's where. Fuck the thing is, I remember jokes more than I remember the whole plot. Uh, Kool Aid Man bursts in the uh, the courtroom oh, at the end. Oh yeah, where they're like, it's like you're sentenced to something, and then everyone goes, oh no, oh no, oh no, and then he goes, oh yeah, and, and then everyone, he backs out. yeah, and then he backs out because yeah. everyone's weirded out. Yeah, and I thought it was the funniest thing. In the it world. was the funniest <laughs> thing ever. It was it, it changed me. <laughs> yeah, and then I 
then I think five I feel like it years had went sun- by and I changed back. And then yeah, you changed yeah. back. I feel like it <laughs> had the sun joke this too. This is a bad change. Yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a joke where uh Peter goes outside and he's like he's like, Ah, oh, it's such a nice day. Isn't it a nice day, Mr. Sun? And he's like, It's always a good day with two scoops of raisins. And then and he dumps the raisins and they like yeah. land and out again, yeah. I was like, That's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way this gets old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, so I watched the whole show, you know, until it got canceled. When the DVDs came out, I bought them eagerly. I watched them with other friends on DVD. Like, you guys have to watch a show. I don't know if you watched it when it was airing, but it's really funny. And then they became big fans of it. Yeah. Um, and then it came back, and I was really excited. And I remember watching the very first episode that came back, and I'm like, oh, this isn't the same. <laughs> like, I don't find this as funny anymore. And then I'd go back and watch the old episodes that I loved, and I'm like, no, this, but the, like, this is the whole show. Like, this is the, the tone of the show, yeah. and I don't really like it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I grew out of it in a sense. But I remember, yeah, like, especially, like, just learning Seth MacFarlane's humor in general. And uh, I think it really came to a front when he hosted, I want to say, the Oscars. I don't remember he what did it was. Host the Oscars. Mm-hmm. No, I know, but, like, I can't remember if this is the, if that's what he was hosting that he did this. He made some really shitty joke about, uh, about like boobs, and I don't remember what the joke was, but I just remember it being this kind of winky like. I think it was I'm the whole song. I'm acting like a misogynist. It was oh, the whole song. Was. It was like we saw your boobs. That's what it was. Yeah. That's what it was. Yes. Oh. It was yeah. a whole song about like fem- like females showing nudity in movies. Yeah. And I remember being like, "Yeah, you're doing it in like a I'm I'm saying this is bad. I'm a bad person by saying this." But I'm like, "But you're still doing it." And it's still gross. So yeah. like, I don't like that style of humor. And I feel like Seth MacFarlane is very much like that, where he'll... Uh, a Million Ways to Die in the West is another example of that. And, but yeah. that also brings me to a to like this... the like, I think he has also... And I don't know if this is, if this is true, but I, I just... I, I guess I want to believe it. I, I think he's, he's had the, that, that enlightenment moment and it was and it happened a couple of years ago when he started doing the Orville. Sure, you I know, have never watched that. It's basically just Star Trek. Yeah, it's like well, he's always been a fan of Star Trek. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, but but more so than Star Trek Discovery is Star Trek because Star Trek Discovery is not Star Trek. It's, it's schlock action. <laughs> it's fucking it terrible. Abrams Star Trek? It's fucking terrible. It's much worse than Abrams okay. Star Trek because uh, Ab- at least Abrams Star Trek. Is a movie, sure. You know, three of them, and you can be like, and it's like, cool. Movies have stakes. Things are fun. <laughs> movies are fun. They're yeah, supposed the to move. The first one is really fun. Yeah, the first yeah, one the first is one, one of it's his best second, movie. Second one's garbage. Second one's garbage. Star Trek Beyond, pretty good movie. Uh, very unmemorable for me, but pretty definitely good wasn't movie. Bad. Yeah, I like a it. motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. Space I Boys. That. Space cycle. And the Beastie Boys play. They come back. The Beastie Boys Sabotage. came back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think he did have that moment where, like, I'm going to do the Orville because this is a I, I have carte blanche essentially, and he's he, it starts out as like a parody, mm-hmm. but it becomes Star Trek. It just becomes Star Trek: The Next Generation. So it's a bit more earnest. It's very it's, earnest. It's less uh, meta, jokey. It's, uh, yeah, it's become very, but very the thing earnest. Is he's still doing. He's still doing it. All his other shitty he's shows. He's just <laughs> voicing them. He has nothing to do with the writing anymore. No? Yeah, and hot take. I don't think he's a great voice actor. Oh no, I oh, feel like neither. he's doing the exact same thing over and over and over again. And you're like, oh yeah, he's about as good Seth of a voice Mc- actor as Mike Myers. He's <laughs> 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 like, he can do one thing, <laughs> and he can do it good. Like he's doing that same voice very well. I just don't like that voice. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So. so you don't like Shrek. I is do what not you're like saying. Shrek. I hate <laughs> Shrek. Shrek is garbage. <laughs> garbage who kills for money. Um, I agree. <laughs> I agree with Alan on this very important topic. I don't <laughs> like Shrek at all. No. Nope. Shrek 1, bad. Garbage. Shrek 2, worse. <laughs> Shrek the 3rd, hate that movie. Shrek Forever After, which one? What? It's, Does anyone even remember the yeah, fucking plot of that I one? I saw it in theaters. Wow. It's garbage. Which one is Justin Timberlake in? Exactly. <laughs> That's Which what I mean. one? <laughs> <laughs> no one remembers the plot of three or four. I hate Three Shrek. is the one he's in. He's uh, King Arthur. He's King Arthur. He's Artie, and he has to like make him be king. And it's this, it's. I actually rewatched it recently because uh, we hate movies, which is a podcast I also sometimes like, sometimes don't. Um, did a, a, an episode on Shrek Three, and I didn't remember anything about it, so I'm like, I should rewatch it before I listen to this podcast. And it's boring. It's so boring. And then Shrek Forever After is it's when very boring. It's, it's like it's like a fucking like it's a wonderful life scenario. Where why have like, you watched all of these? Why? Oh, yes, why? I watch a lot of movies <laughs> in general. Even, I like to be in the zeitgeist. I like to be in the cultural consciousness. I like to watch horrible movies, uh, especially if podcasts I like do episodes on them. Fair. So you know, I've watched so many. I just watched the Garbage ki- Pale Kids movie because oh, how God. did this get made? Did an episode on it, and I'm like, oh, I should watch God. it to know what it's about. It's a it's trash. It's hot trash, and I don't mean that as a pun. Like it's just it's the worst thing I've ever seen. Maybe in in a movie. Like it's maybe the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Uh, but I just I watch them because like I mean I have a lot of free time especially now but even in general like that's what I like to do in my downtime is watch movies and if I'm watching a shitty one usually I'll like you know play a game or something while I watch it so it's I don't have to <laughs> devote too much attention oh, to it's, it. It's great, but it's, that's uh, a great idea. Yeah, I might throw on a shitty movie this afternoon and play Civ Five. Yeah, it's great. I like I like having that multitask element and then I can. Uh, get in the discourse about why this movie sucks. <laughs> Scream Four. That's one I'm trying to sit through. Oh, yeah. I, like I hear. I hear it's pretty good. I like Scream Four. Um. So that's it's, what I'm. It's like it. But like what we were talking about. It's like very meta. Like it's got. Have you watched much of it? I. Uh, or like, have you started it yet? Yeah, I watched the cold open. Yeah, the cold open is insane. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> it's like five different fake out openings where yeah. it's like, ah, just kidding. That was a movie. One of them. These characters like, are watching. One of them's clearly a fake out. <laughs> And then you're like, is this, like this, three this feels weird. This feels weird. And then and it's a bunch of celebs too. So yeah. like each time it's like, oh hi, I'm uh, I can't remember who. Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez. Is and one. then yeah. Anna Paquin and Kristen Bell. Yep. <laughs> and they're like, now we're the ones watching this movie. Yeah. Oh no, a killer's killing us. Is this a movie or is this real? We don't fucking know. Yeah. It's so weird. It's well, so weird. And like they get less that was and Craven's less. Final film. Obvious. It might be. It might be his final film. Anyway. What's Craven's Gone a weird too guy. young. He was. Quite young when he died. Yeah, he, I think he was in his fifties or sixties. Yeah, yeah. He, maybe late fifties, maybe yeah. early sixties, but not old enough. That's he I love the screen movies. He could have made so many more movies. Like he was, oh man, did you did you see Red Eye? Yep, that's one of his best movies. I like that movie, and that was one of those movies that the trailer fooled me. Uh huh. Because yep. it made you think it was going to be supernatural. But nope, it's just nope. a jerk. Yep. He's, <laughs> he's just a douche. He's just an asshole. Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Did you see the trailer for Red Eye? Or uh, do you know? Do you... Killian Murphy? Yeah. 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 The trailer is like uh, him sitting next to Rachel McAdams on a plane. They give him a red eye. And then, yeah. And then it's like, it's like it, it starts out as like, because it doesn't make the it clear that it's a thriller at first. And so they're just having a normal conversation. And then he says something. I don't remember what exactly. But then she's like weirded out by it. And then he kind of like just stares at her. And the camera zooms in and makes one of his eyes super red. And then it's like red eye. And you're like, 
oh, he's like a weird monster guy on the plane? <laughs> and it's like, no, no. They just added that for the trailer. Yeah. He's just he's just a mean guy. Yeah. He's just unkind. <laughs> yeah. He's just, <laughs> he's just a jerk. He's just real mean. Um, he died. Oh, actually, he died 76. He was 76 so, yeah, years old? He was way older than I thought he was. Oh, wow. Still young. Yeah. You know, arguably. But, yeah. uh, what was um, his last movie? Let's see. His last directorial film was Scream 4. Oh. 2010, 2011. Mm. Seems like he was. It was way longer, way longer ago that he died, to me. But um, then again, it was almost ten years. So. <laughs> well, he died. He died Time in twenty fifteen. Oh right. So like he, yeah, like he also that. <laughs> <laughs> he made Scream Four in twenty eleven and was maybe working on other films before he died. But he, yeah, he had four years after that before right. he actually passed. So. Oh right, because he's like executive. He was executive producer on Scream, Scream the series, and Scream or, yeah, Queens. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sc- sorry, Scream the series. Yeah. yeah, Scream Queens is different. I always get them. Confused. Ryan Murphy is yeah. Scream Queens. Go figure. Boo. 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 Ryan Murphy. Boo. Ryan Murphy. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Boo. I mean, how do you feel about Ryan Murphy? Em? <laughs> I don't think I, I think know. We've who asked you this before. Glee. Oh, American Horror Story. Yeah. Yeah. Garbage. <laughs> garbage. Garbage. TV person. The politician. Oh, people like The one. Politician. I haven't watched Feud, that. Feud, American Crime Story. Oh, yeah. American Crime Story is good. Yeah. People versus OJ. Yeah. This That's a good series. Very good series. I didn't watch the, the Versace Assassination one. of Gianni yeah. Versace. Quite good. Okay. Yeah. Quite good. It's an interesting series, uh, which makes me think that he has less and less to do with it. Uh. <laughs> um, but all that said, meta shit sometimes can work. Well, like it does part, in this episode. does not work for me in this episode. Oh. <laughs> uh, just because, again, I just think that ending is so lazy and po- like drawing attention to it by making a joke about it doesn't make it less lazy to me. But Alan. Yes, Greg. They got James Earl Jones. I mean, they bring him in every so often for weird <laughs> little voice cameos. Can't you forgive them for that? <laughs> no. You know what I else mean... had James Earl Jones in it? Lion King 2019, and that was hot garbage. That's a good point. I mean, at least we got a little Troy McClure in this episode. Yep. That, that was a nice little moment at the beginning. Yeah, that opening with the Noah's Ark. Yeah. I thought that maybe them watching it and Bart and Lisa being so tired was going to play mm. a part of their Model UN stuff. But no, that <laughs> nope. was just like totally That opening over. could be put on any episode yeah. and yep. still work. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. Time for school. Now yeah. we're at school. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a uh, <laughs> season nine. <laughs> season nine, baby. Here be better. you are. <laughs> be a little bit better. Just yeah, it's uh, that's not a great opening, but also I I've always found the I've always found that they make the that the the joke about this biblical epic being uh, like on television, so <laughs> there would be commercials in it. Uh, and it lasting from the time they're supposed to go to bed to 6 a.m. I always thought that that was a really funny gag because probably, yeah, like Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments, Ben Hur, mm-hmm. two biblical epics, both of them four hours yeah. long. Yeah, insane. Put that too long into commercials. Two hours of commercials. It's a six hour movie. Yeah, it's too much. It's way too much, and yet. And yet, we were expected, (laughs) nay, encouraged, nay, obligated (laughs) to sit down every Easter 
and watch the Ten Fucking Commandments. You were on TBS. I wasn't. I was. Okay. I wasn't. I was. <laughs> you said we, so I wasn't sure if you meant like I the went, community as a whole. I meant my family. You and no, your that's what I was clarifying. Yeah. yeah, myself, my sister, who was in my wedding party. I asked her. Congratulations. She said oh. yes. Is, is this a Sclusi? Yes, this is a... Sclusi. This is a Sclusi. A Sclusi. Your sister is in your wedding party. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. I was worried she would say no. Why? why it took me so long to ask her. Why, why, why in the world would she say no? I don't know. I'm insecure about things. <laughs> That way you had to gotcha ask me on on mic, so yes. I wouldn't say no. That's exactly why. <laughs> I I have. I mean, you know, this isn't live, right? He could have just got it out if you said what? no. Greg, <laughs> you fooled me for five years, and then I this is going up live. And then I, I, I like he said no, and then I <laughs> cut out him saying no, and then I put him saying yes from a different episode in. Oh, so boy. it's like, Alan, will you be my best man? Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Alan. <laughs> You know, so Alan never said yes to being your best no, friend. No, he didn't. He did now didn't. this is exclusive. <laughs> he did not. There's so much uh, audio of my voice on the internet. Yeah, you could make me say anything. That's please, right. Please don't, everybody. Uh, Efe's already done it to me. <laughs> Of course he yeah, has. Yeah, I know. Oh, fucking course That he would be the person. He's, yeah. He's it's, the it's only me. one I know who would do that. Mm-hmm. It's me saying, I love gigantic asses. He's He's got a clip of that, I'm sure, <laughs> saved in many locations, many hard drives, just ready to, like... If I ever wrong him, well, he now he doesn't need that. <laughs> he has you saying. Well, yeah, it. I know. <laughs> but he already had it. Uh, you want to go to the reference disc? Let the record show that I, I neither love nor hate gigantic asses. <laughs> <laughs> I am very neutral on gigantic asses. I have no strong opinions on gigantic asses. God, that's funny. Thanks for clearing that up, Alan. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> I'm going to save this clip as the rebuttal <laughs> if Efe ever releases that. All right. Uh, reference desk. Uh, episode title based on Das Boot. Wolfgang Peterson. However, another thing wrong with this episode. In German, it would be Der Boot, not Das Boot. Or Der Bus, sorry. Not Das Bus. Okay. <laughs> have you guys ever seen Das Bus? No. Yes, you have. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> there was the episode. Oh, yeah. shit. God damn it. I asked the question wrong. You did. <laughs> I, I, thought, I, I assumed you asked it right. Yes. <laughs> Uh, You're I've never both seen das wrong. Boot. Yeah. Have you ever seen Das Boot? <laughs> I've never seen Das Boot. No, no nor have I. Uh, I have. I saw the four and a half hour cut. Jesus. Yeah. Of course you did. It's really long. Um, on a scale of K-19 The Widowmaker to Crimson Tide, where does it fall <laughs> on, the, on the sub movie? Those are... <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. It's very... It's the best sub movie. I've only seen... I've, I've seen those two and I've seen uh, Hunt for Red October. I've also never seen other, any other sub movies. So. Um, the Hunt for Red October looks great. It's such a good looking movie. Um, Sean Connery plays a Russian. He sure does, <laughs> and uh, so does his accent. so does Sam Neill. Doesn't change his accent either. So <laughs> wait, is he Australian then? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, he's English. He oh, changes okay. it to an English accent. So I guess Sean Connery doesn't feel so alone. Um, <laughs> I mean, most Russians are English, right? As far as I know, yeah. I yeah, saw Chernobyl. Canon. Everyone was English. Yeah. <laughs> 
So that checks out. Yeah. Um, no, Das Bus is like Das Boot is one of the better submarine movies ever made, and it's so claustrophobic and scary. It's kind of it's kind of like a horror movie. That's awesome. Is it yeah. also four hours long? Sorry? Is it also four hours long? Dust Boot? Yeah. Well, it depends what uh, version you get, because I think it was originally made for as a miniseries. Oh really? In Germany. And then it was released theatrically here. And like there's a two and a half hour cut, but there's also a four and a half hour cut, and then there's like the miniseries cut, which is like six hours. Um but I think like the the director's cut, which is like about four hours, is the one you should watch if you ever get a chance. And watch it in a basement with the lights off and no windows open so that you can feel like, like you're, you're in, in a submarine. submarine. It's very fun. And only go to the bathroom when they go above water. <laughs> There's a lot of can rules they not, can to they watch. Not go to the bathroom when they're underwater? It's the boot rules. <laughs> that, that means nothing to me. It's boat rules. Oh. <laughs> Uh, the boot is one of our proudest traditions. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I love it. More. Great. Sorry. I was just going to say uh, an- another just to tie in with why do I watch bad movies often? They're very short. <laughs> oh, that's also a good point. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Whereas like, you know, if I'm sitting down to watch something like Das Boot or uh, Ben-Hur, I'm it's like, a, I'm in for the long haul, so yeah. I hope this is fucking good. Yeah, it Whereas if be. it's like, this will probably be bad. At least it'll be over quick. I mean, no judgment to watching bad movies. I a little judgment to watching all of the Shrek movies, because um, I I do watch bad movies myself. I have yeah, I partake in a lot of Netflix rom coms. Sure, <laughs> Shrek sure. is the thing about Shrek is that it was such a weird phenomenon, and I was still pretty young when it first came out. So I'm sure I liked it when it first came out. Mm-hmm. At least in a, in you know in the the way I like a lot of arguably shitty movies when I'm a ki- when I'm younger because I'm just like oh it was fun I had a fun time watching it. Um, so I'm become it's not until I become a pedantic asshole as an adult where I'm like here are all the problems here are all the flaws with Shrek. I do you know? remember seeing the first Shrek and loving it yeah. in theaters and leaving and my mom was like that was a terrible <laughs> movie <laughs> <laughs> and we were all like but it was so great yeah. but Mike mom. Myers and then I think just because of that I. Anytime a new one came out, I'm like, yeah, I should see it. Like, I remember enjoying mm. the other one, so I'll watch it. Right. And it got progressively worse every time. And I'm like, well, that's just because, like, sequels are usually bad. <laughs> you know, the first one still holds up. And then I watched the first one as an adult. I'm like, this is fucking garbage. I hate it. Everything looks bad. Everything so. sounds bad. It's also, like, one of those things, I've, I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but it's so weird that Shrek was the first best animated feature winner at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Followed by Spirited Away. <laughs> but it also beat out Monsters Incorporated. It did, yeah. Which is shocking, because Monsters, Inc. is a... Monsters, Inc. is obviously a much better movie. It's a wonderful and movie, and just like... Pixar had, like, a lot of clout at that time as well. I just... I think the fur is the most oh, yeah. amazing Digital animation. Yeah. It's, yeah. No, I, I remember that, actually. The, and I remember watching, like, a making of, of Monsters, Inc., and they talked about Sully's fur and how how painstakingly it was to create it. And I'm like, that's so cool, because it looks so great. Like, good work, technology. I think a lot of the time, some like some some Pixar movies, you can be like, what engine are they trying out <laughs> for this? What, yeah. did, what technology did they create and then worked backwards to make a story? Brave? <laughs> hair technology. Hair, hair, yeah. yeah. Hair and water yeah. in, in Brave. 
Well, Finding Nemo, Finding Nemo is uh, water. water. Well, I even remember the special features on the Finding Nemo DVD where they were like, try to make the water as, uh, like the ocean as real as possible. And then they show the animation and the real image and you cannot tell the difference. And then they yeah. were like, okay, now let's pedal it back a bit <laughs> so that it looks like an animation. Right, so yeah. it's not Uncanny Valley shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway tangent over uh lord of the flies <laughs> it's also a reference mm-hmm. recommended reading yes i'll have to read it i've seen the movie not read the book i don't think any of Is the it a black movies... and white movie because there, there's a bunch of different movies right? yeah there are there's several do you remember what, which the one black, and black and white yeah. i think that's the one that has been like the most successful yeah that's that. one we watched in school too yeah in adapting it um because there have been several others and i don't think any of them even that black and white one have come like as close as you can to like because it's such an allegory mm-hmm. the the book is so allegorical and so metaphorical it's and like i when i was saying earlier kind of like um facetiously just being like everyone's a metaphor yeah in the book it's, it's completely true every kid is a stand-in for something right and in this episode it's referenced a lot yeah <laughs> Um, specifically with the boar, the that they they've I done mean the conch, the boar, the glasses, the it's conch, the boar, like, the glasses, it's pretty one to one. The one that the one that I think about the most is is the boar, and one of the things that has already that 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 even before this has irked me about this episode is the fact that they don't put the head on a stick. Yeah, that's true. Mm. They do iconic it. image in yeah. the in, uh, the cover art for the novel. I remember at least the edition I read was the the pig head on a stick. Yeah, yeah. they they do it in Camp Krusty. It's and isn't the pig the the Lord of the Flies? Yeah. is that the idea? Yeah. yeah, and they like they kill this boar. They put the head on a stick, and then it becomes like, like it. it becomes a yeah, it becomes a symbol. And then I one of the kids starts hearing voices yeah. coming from it, and it's, um, it's like kill the other kids. It becomes like yeah. a metaphor for the devil and for the evil that men do. Isn't it great? <laughs> sure, uh, I thought it was spooky. It is spooky. It's so yeah, great. I liked reading it when I was a kid, I liked reading Bridge to Terabithia. That was fun. Ah, <laughs> uh, so sad. <laughs> Never read that either. It's yeah, real good. It's good. Don't it's watch a... the movie, though. Movie's, okay. movie's bad. But Deal. the book's real good. Um, the So the moment when uh, Skinner bangs his shoe yeah. on the uh, the desk, that's actually a reference to an actual thing that happened in the UN. UN. Uh, Soviet leader Nikita Khrushchev banged his shoe uh, to get people's attention in 1960. So, weird little reference, but Nikita there it Khrushchev. Is. Yes, leader of the Soviets. Yes, he is the premier, right? Uh, sure, Supreme Prim- Chancellor, whatever they, whatever title they gave him. <laughs> I believe they were calling him Premier okay. at the time, Premier Khrushchev. Um, wow, <laughs> what a deep pull. Yeah, yeah. Huh? <laughs> Rude. If you guys want to see some fun United Nations stuff, check out the like Adlai Stevenson stuff that he did during the October Crisis. Cool. During I won't. the Cuban um, Missile Crisis. <laughs> When he went to the UN and proved that the Russians were lying, it's pretty good. Oh, okay, yeah. Cool. Oh, this is a real a real thing. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about some like comedian on YouTube or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, Adlai Stevenson. 
<laughs> Adlai Stevenson. <laughs> That's how much I know about uh, history. Was Greg. the uh, was was the uh, American ambassador to the United yeah, Nations? Yeah. See, no idea. <laughs> it's like check out Adlai Stevenson's channel on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> where he did this parody of the like that's what I my where my mind went because yeah. I am in seeped into fucking internet culture. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> um, smash that like button. Remember to rate, review, subscribe. <laughs> uh, what else we got? We got True Lies. The bus uh, going oh, over yeah. was inspired by the climax to True Lies. Yeah. Uh, also, when it uh, gets like slashed open and then goes underneath, that was uh, based on Titanic, which just came out the year before. Right. Um, Swiss Family Robinson is mentioned, except with more cussing. Mm. Damn hell ass kings. Uh, Gilligan's Island is referenced with the coconut phone. Oh, yeah. That's like a thing, a common uh, joke about Gilligan's Island is oh, the professor made a phone out of a coconuts or a radio, I think it was. Gilligan's Island going to come back real hard in Crimson Tide. <laughs> what? Right? Oh, Simpson Tide. Yeah, Simpson Tide. He's going to womp him with <laughs> his like hat. like in the movie Crimson Tide? Bob Denver. <laughs> uh, Arby's. Is referenced. That's I, I say this Arby's? all the time. I say this joke constantly. What do, get, what do you guys think about Arby's, the restaurant? It's gross. I don't think I've ever eaten at Arby's. Really? Yes. That's crazy. Is it? I, well, I mean, it's just a big chain that I ate a, a lot when I was a kid. Someone told me a story once when they went to Arby's. They went inside the Arby's, as you do, and they <laughs> went start. up to the to the counter. This is a friend of the show, Mark Spracklin, oh, actually. And uh, he said, uh, I would like some fries. <laughs> and the person said, curly fries? And he was like, just fries? And, they were, and he was like, okay. <laughs> and it proceeded to take a half an hour oh my God. for Mark to get straight fries. <laughs> Because nobody orders straight fries at Arby's, except Alan. Evidently, he's pointing at except, himself. Here's the thing. Mm. Don't do it anymore. Why? Only curly fries are available. That's the they've eliminated their home style fries. I fucking loved their home style fries. I hated their curly fries. I'm not a curly curly fry guy. I was like, this is so crazy to me. I know, but like, anytime I went to Arby's, I'd be like, home style, please. Like, because they'd ask, they'd be like, curly or home style, home style. Yeah. And sometimes they'd they'd give me curly fries. I'd be very mad. Wow. Also, what's kind of fun is when you order the homestyle because so few people order it, they have tons of curly fries ready to go. Homestyle, always fresh. They got to make them fresh. That's right. And so, (laughs) but also sometimes you get like an an errant curly fry in your homestyle fries. And it's a nice little treat. I don't want a whole bag of them. I thought you were going to be pissed. No, I don't want a whole bag (laughs) of them, but like a nice little, nice little like, oh, that's what curly fries are. God damn it, these teenagers (laughs) can't get my homestyle fries. (laughs) I am an unabashed Arby's stan. I think Arby's is great. I know it's gross. I know it's like a weird fast food chain, but like for some reason there's just something about it. Maybe it's a nostalgia thing. Maybe it's the way you feel about Compi Global Hub or Manganet. Yeah, it is. I like Arby's because when I was a kid, my dad would take me to Arby's and Uh, have Arby's sandwiches. still in this city? There's two. One is in Forest Lawn. Okay. And one is, I believe, actually, I think there's three. I think there's one in Cross Iron Mills as well, if you count that. Okay. Sure. Yeah, in a mall. Yeah. yeah. And then I think there's another one far south. But so, like, I can't get Arby's easily. Yeah. The last time I got Arby's, I drove all the way to Forest Lawn because I was craving it for some reason. Drove all the way home uh, to Bonas. <laughs> it's a 30 minute <laughs> drive both ways. <laughs> Could and you I, just skip the dishes? Then? I, I I'm out of the delivery zone for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. I would have. I even considered just driving closer to it oh and gosh. getting them to deliver it to me. But I'm like, well, if I'm driving anyway, I'll just fucking go. Deliver it to me in my car, yeah. please. 
<laughs> I was like, I don't know if they'd accept that as an address. Uh, anyway, I think Arby's is great, but I also recognize that it's arguably not. <laughs> like, it you know is what a I mean? very funny line. Oh, it's a great line. Yeah. I, I remember thinking that was very funny. And actually, like Arby's in general had this weird counter movement for a while start i think starting with this episode like that joke in this episode created this like wave of people being like yeah arby's sucks let's all get on the anti-arby's train mm. i remember john stewart specifically Holy on the daily shit. show that he did some of the best burns very funny oh my god he was so funny it was a running joke where he'd just like slam arby's in uh, sometimes like surprising ways where he'd be doing a news story and he'd be like unlike arby's like he'd just like <laughs> throw it in there randomly and he'd he'd, like turn to the other what camera? did arby's do to you john <laughs> arby's <laughs> but, but it's very funny uh arby's is, is uh is fine uh <laughs> star trek voyager uh and oh, yeah, captain janeway, janeway. Yeah, yeah. uh he also says uh lace the final brazier which is a reference to Space the Final Frontier. Is that how they introduce Star Trek Voyager? I don't With think Lace it the is. Final Brazier? I don't yeah. think there's a narration in No, in like Star not Trek Voyager, Voyager specifically, but, but it is Star Trek in general. Next generation and and in Star Trek. I think original Voyager. series is when yeah. is when yeah. that first came about. I don't know yeah. if they say it in Next Generation. They do. Do they? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> Jean-Luc Picard wanna... does it. Oh, okay. Uh because they changed it. Oh. They changed the they changed the opening narration because in TOS, um, it's space the final frontier. These are the voyage of the Starship Enterprise. It's a five year mission. Five year mission, yeah. To explore to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new, new life, life and, and new, new civilization, civilization, to boldly go, go where no man has gone before. before. In TNG, it's space the final frontier. These are the voyages of oh, the Starship yeah. Enterprise. It's, it's continuing, continuing mission. Because they don't want to limit out, it to five. Yeah, to seek out new life and new civilization, uh, to boldly go where no one. Has gone before. Gotta get there's there's women. That's Nerd right. There's, there's people other than men. <laughs> Weirdly, that's why TNG is better. I, oh yeah, TNG, I mean, I've always said that. TNG is the absolute utopia that Gene Roddenberry uh, proposed but didn't understand. Yeah, I've never watched an episode of Star Trek. Some of them are excellent. There are some incredible. I believe episodes. it. Yeah, yeah. It's true science fiction. It's great. Do you watch movies with Mikey? On YouTube, a little bit. He did a, an episode I, on Star Trek, and I it's saw very that. good. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah, he just talks about Gene Roddenberry and his vision and stuff. So I thought maybe because I didn't know anything about that shit. Anyway, uh, the Four Dummies books is referenced. Bill Gates comes in, not voiced by Bill Gates, uh, and then uh, Ralph paints his face to look like uh, the cat from Kiss. Peter Chris. Peter Chris. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Sherry or Terry, one of them wears a seashell uh, bra. Mm-hmm. Like Little Mermaid, right mm. on. Um, That's it. Yeah, favorite joke. Zeppelin rules. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was very good. Uh, Perfectly timed joke. That's that's why I love it. It's like <laughs> he starts swimming and gets pulled by the current <laughs> and immediately gives up and goes Zeppelin rules because he's just accepted his fate so quickly. <laughs> And I love it. He's like, I'm going to have my final words be something that's really meaningful to me. Yeah. <laughs> Zeppelin it's rules. It's great. It's a great joke. It's a perfect joke. Um, mine is, uh, what's good as new? Who's talking? Hellhouse? It reminds me of him on the beach with uh, the, the, sh- nice the doggy. horseshoe crab. Yeah. yeah. Nice um, doggy. That, the, the, the reason why I had to pick a Millhouse one is because... I think everything he does in this episode is the funniest, and I had to pick one. Mm-hmm. Emma? 
I I think it's the Model UN sign on the bus <laughs> that is dubbed um, with a machine gun. Dubbed with a machine gun, and it's order at any cost. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good visual gag. Yeah, yeah. it was very good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I always and I'd like to say an honorable mention to like. To, to a Skinner one, which is mm. like, Otto, we're entrusting you with our greatest resource, the school bus. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Skinner had a couple good ones. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he's only in the first act, but there was another one that I can't remember now, but he says during the Model UN that I thought was very funny. Do you want to be like the real UN, or do you just want to squabble and write waste time? That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any pot shots they can take at the UN <laughs> yeah, is, is pretty great. Take them down. Yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. So... MVP? I'm going to go Bart. I'm going to go Homer. I'm kidding. It's Millhouse. <laughs> it's Millhouse. It's, it's absolutely Millhouse. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> Millhouse is the most laughs. I, 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 I give it to Bart only because I think he shows the most, like, I don't know, interesting... Uh, he puts forth, forth the most interesting ideas and, like... Like oh we're gonna build like we're you know he he bands the the group together and like when he's the judge I think he's really funny yeah um, I think he did it but since we have no evidence I'll have to say innocent well like, which is a joke on the OJ trial yeah um, <laughs> yeah so yeah I, I just like Bart a lot in this episode um, uh, not because he's super funny but just because of his his story uh, arc I guess he's got great beats in this episode and he's really funny Millhouse is the funniest one for Millhouse sure. is easily the funniest he gets the plot. He makes the plot happen. He has the glasses. He has the inhaler. And then everything he does is just terrible. He's so funny. There's no time. <laughs> There's no time. And then just the shot of him lying on a rock. <laughs> on a rock, and he follows them into the cave. <laughs> He's just so tired. He's so lazy. He's such a little fatty. Uh, anyway. Yeah, uh, Otto would be in the top for Otto's me, too. Yeah. too yeah. Otto's mm-hmm. fun. Um, guys, I liked this episode. Um Thanks for talking to me about it. And uh, I walk away with it still enjoying it a lot. Yeah. I think it's a good episode. Great. But not great. Thumbs up? Um, Sideways. Okay. Yeah, I think it's fine. Okay. I think yeah. this is a good one to watch. <laughs> and have a beer. Mm. Yeah. All right. I like beer. Great. I do too. Well... That uh, that about does it for us here at Two Bad Neighbors. Before we go, Emma. Yes. Would you like to plug anything? Sure. I am starting a podcast myself. Yes. So you're the enemy now. I, oh, come on. Am I? <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm doing... It an- means we can be on her podcast as hey. guests. Yes, you can. <laughs> I invited um, us just then. <laughs> You have to come together, though. You can never <laughs> yeah, come solo. Yeah, of course we're not. A, we're a crew. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to, I think we might be calling it uh, Two Angsty Women. <laughs> <laughs> With uh, two A's. With two A's, because our podcast will be about Avatar The Last Airbender. I am a staunch fan mm. of, I think that's putting it lightly, <laughs> a staunch fan of the Super Avatar fan. series. Mm-hmm. And my friend Selena is a newbie to the show. Never seen an app. Never seen an app. So we are going to go through the episodes, watch them together, talk about little facts, see what she thinks as we go through. I'll know all the things. She'll know none of the things. It's going to be fun. This is interesting because we're doing a we're doing a rewatch show like this. This 
this podcast falls under that genre of rewatch podcast. And ours is a elastic universe. Yours is a, is a serialized universe. So the story just gets bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger, which is fun and exciting. Because There's a clear canon in that show. Yes. Versus The Simpsons, of, where it's like, I don't know, sometimes it's this. It's a cherry-picked canon, yeah. is what we, what we have. But yours is like mythology yeah. and world-building, which is very, very fun, very yeah. exciting. It's going to be interesting, right? We're going to talk about the martial arts behind the bending and the, you know, the culture of each nation and so I'm much so of the, excited so much of the writing in that show is so dependent on the world being thought through mm-hmm. and each e- each nation having a culture mm-hmm. unto themselves that represent their element in some way shape or form yeah um yeah i'm excited to i'm excited to listen to it and i'm excited to watch along um two angsty women uh do you have a premiere date yet no premiere date probably September sometime. Coming in September. Coming in September. Two yep. angsty women. All right. Yeah. <laughs> That's exciting. I'm very excited. Well, thanks for being on our show. Thank you again. for having me. Um, and we hope you'll come back for season 10, our final season. That's sad. Yeah. <laughs> Once you see some season 10 episodes, you'll be like, yeah, it's the right choice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No more. Please yeah, let's up. end it. Hang up the gloves. Yeah. That's what the Simpsons creator should have done. Absolutely. Um, Thanks for listening, everybody. And you can always find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Bad Neighbors Pod or Two Bad Neighbors, a Simpsons podcast. You can email us at the hammock district on third at gmail.com. Numerical three. And you can subscribe to our Patreon as we are very close to our goal of 100 Canadian dollars. 100 Canadian dollars a month. If that means if you're in England and you pledge two pounds, we get four dollars <laughs> <laughs> because the Canadian dollar is weak. Yeah. Um, so give us your money. <laughs> and we appreciate everything. Um, we you get put, something back. Yeah. We, we do bonus episodes. That's the whole point. Yeah. And uh, the, reason, the reason we've been plugging our Patreon so hard is because we're so close to our stretch goal. And once we reach it, we will be doing a special bonus series of uh, D&D meets Simpsons, which <laughs> I am currently at work on. I have created three classes so far. The Homer Simpson class, the Bart Simpson class, and the Lisa Simpson class. Um, and if you are a patron, you will be able to get access to those documents so you can play yourselves that as well. That sounds amazing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, our other uh, Dungeons & Dragons project, our commentary, <laughs> drops today. Drops today. So if, wow. bow, 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 yeah, if you listen to the previous uh, commentary, we did Dragonheart. Dungeons and Dragons is the next one, and we're going to wrap up the Dragon Trilogy with Reign of Fire in September. September. Yeah. Which I'm very excited about. Me too. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Also listen to our episodes about uh, zombies, zombie episodes like Barthood, Mm -hmm. which, spoiler, is a pretty good episode. Um, And you can uh, find all our content online wherever you get your ear content. Uh, Is this all I say? That's it. Am I missing something? No, you're good. Great. Then in that case, thanks, everybody. Thanks, James. Keep watching the skis! (laughs) Thanks, James, for Patreon. I know, whoops. (laughs)